Paul tells us here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, he says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That shall he also reap. So right here, Paul's warning us, be not deceived. There's people that can be, you can be deceived and you can mock God because God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's laws of harvest. I want to preach this morning on the law of harvest. There's four laws of harvest. The universe is made up of laws. You can't deny it. Uh, God, when he created this universe... This universe is set and it has different laws that God's abided to it and bound to it that the, the universe must abide by. Uh, you, can, you can deny them all you want to, but it doesn't change the truth. If somebody puts you up on a cliff and, and you step off that cliff, the law of gravity sets in and unless you have something to break that law, you're going to fall. It's called the law of gravity. And what science knows about gravity is not much at all, honestly. They can tell you how it works and they tell you it's a law but they can't tell you exactly how it works. There's a law of gravity. And here we have a law of harvest. And Paul's saying here in verse 7 is, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived like an evolutionist think that, that those laws don't exist. They exist, and there's a law of harvest. God is not going to be mocked. Just because you say, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. God's not paying attention, or it doesn't matter. God doesn't listen to what I, or what's happening to me. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm never going to pay for it. Don't be, don't be mocking God. Don't be deceived. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You're going to pay for what you're doing. And there's laws of harvest. Uh, different religions have different names for this. This law. We call it the law of harvest as Bible believers. The Buddhists call this karma. Karma. They say whatever you do is going to come back on you. They say if you, you do something nice to somebody, it'll come back, the niceness will come back on you. The Buddhists teach if you do something evil, Evil's going to come back on you. They call it karma. Call it getting bad karma. Y'all have heard of that? That's simply the law of harvest that Paul's talking about. Even a non-Christian can understand this. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So let's look at these four laws. These four laws of harvest. The first law of harvest is simply this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Whatever you're putting in the ground is what's going to come up. That's the law of harvest. Ronnie doesn't put, put in a wheat seed out there and go out there and one day and see just a whole field full of uh, apple trees. He's putting in the seed and he's expecting to get that out. That's what he's sowing and that's what he's going to reap. Guys, whatever good thing you're sowing, that's what you're going to reap. Whatever bad thing you're sowing, that's what you're going to reap. You sow what you reap. If you sow liquor stores, you're going to reap drunks. If you sow liquor stores, you're going to reap drunks. If you sow churches, you're going to reap good people doing good things. Amen. Somebody somewhere over a hundred years ago, they sowed this church. They put the seed of this church down. Amen? Amen. We don't know who it was. And a lot of people were asking me yesterday, well, when did this church start? Who started this church? Well, I don't know. I mean, do I look that old? You know? <laughs> It's been around 100 years, over 100 years. The point is that somebody had in their heart to sow something good right here on this piece of land. Even in their wildest imagination, I'm here to tell you, can you imagine when they sowed this over probably 120-something years ago? 
I'm guessing. Let's say it's 125. Can you imagine 125 years ago, somebody who's never seen a plane fly, that's never seen an automobile drive, putting down the seed for this church, thinking about where it would be today? That 125 years later, this church would still be going, still be strong, still be doing something for the Lord? If you were to come up to that man or woman, whoever was involved in sowing the seed of this church and said, 125 years from now, they're going to be preaching at that church and it's going to be going all over the world. People over in Greece are going to be able to hear what's being said in that church's pulpit. And they they can't even comprehend the idea of radio, much less the idea of the internet. You understand what I'm saying? You come up to them, they would think that was literal magic. That's science fiction. But they had it in their heart to sow something on that day at that time and they followed through with it and they sowed it and now 125 years later, look what's being reaped of it. And when we get to heaven, whoever that was, I don't know if it was a group of people, if it was one person, whoever that was, God's going to see that and call them out and show them that and they're going to get to reap all the rewards of that. Everything me and you are doing for the Lord out of this church they're going to get to reap a little bit of that. But if you're going to stand here and you're going to sow a liquor store on this corner and a liquor store on that corner, you know what you're going to get? You're going to to reap a lot of drunks. Poor sister uh, Marowitz was up in Washington and she was telling me on every corner you go through and there's a coffee shop and then a little shack selling marijuana. And she practically said on every corner. Well, I don't have to tell you what you're going to reap doing that. You're going to reap a bunch of druggies, a bunch of potheads, a bunch of worthless potheads. That's what you're going to reap. Why are you going to reap that? Because that's what you're sowing. Whatever, the law of harvest is simply this. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. So I want to scare you a little bit. What did you sow last week? What did you put in the ground? What did you put in the ground? When we had the canceled church last Wednesday because of all the flooding, we went over to a church over there called Grace, you know, right down the road from us on Wednesday night. And we went in there, and the, the pastor was there. And, you know, he was teaching, and I told my wife, I said, that's exactly how the Holy Spirit moves. And she was like, what are you talking about? I said, he was preaching on exactly what I'm going to preach it on Sunday. You would, think, you would think that we have the same spirit. Amen. There's somebody talking to me that's talking to him. He, the Lord wants the church to hear this message. And this is the message the Lord wants you to hear. There's consequences for sin. Listen, when you're sowing something that's a sin, you will reap it. Don't deceive yourself. Don't mock God. Young girl or young couple, a young girl could make the one wrong decision, get pregnant, and she's going to reap that the rest of her life. I'm not saying the Lord can't forgive her for that. I can't say that, Lord, she might not be repentant of that. She might, uh, whatever sin it is, you might be repentant of it. You might shed tears for the rest of your life over that one sin, and you're going to reap it the rest of your life. God will forgive you, but there's a, there's a payday someday. And sin is so dangerous, and don't ever get caught up and mock God by saying, well, I can do this and just ask Jesus Christ to forgive me. I can do this and ask Jesus Christ. He's going to forgive me. As soon as I ask, he'll, he'll, you get into the, uh, God, you know what Paul said about that? He said, God forbid you act like that. God will smack you around. There's consequences for sin. Whatever you're reaping, that's what you're going to sow. We were just uh, talking about a woman yesterday, and this woman looks 20 years older than her age. 
by a long shot. And this is a young woman in her 30s. She looks like she's in her 60s, 70s. She just looks so much older than she should ever look. You know what her problem is? It's simply this. She's been drinking and doing drugs all her life. Will God forgive her of that? Of course. God will forgive her of that. God will come in and forgive her of that today. But you know what? She's going to live with that the rest of her life. She's going to reap that. She's going to reap that. You reap what you sow. That's the first law of harvest. The second law of harvest is this. You always, always, always reap more than you sow. You put in this little bitty grain, and you're going to get a lot more than a little bitty grain. You might put in a little bitty seed. Let's say you put in a little seed of corn. You know what's going to come up? Not just one little corn, amen. Ears and ears and ears of corn. That's the second law of harvest. Every farmer understands that. Look at John chapter 12. Jesus talked about this. Keep your finger here, but turn to John chapter 12. The second law of harvest is simply you always, always reap more than you sow. You might do one little evil deed. You might do one little sin, but you're going to pay for it the rest of your life. You simply could. You really could. That's how dangerous sin can be. John chapter 12, verse 24. See, verse 23 to get the context. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Jesus Christ, at one time, He sowed one death. Jesus Christ was only one death. Guys, I'm here to tell you, there's people dying every minute. How many people have died in the world since I started preaching this sermon? Thousands of people have died. Death is nothing new. Death is nothing unique. But by one death, by one death, what did Jesus Christ bring forth? Much, much fruit. What makes sin so dangerous is it's one little thing and it blows up into something really huge. Every drunk in the world started with one little sip. Just one. Amen. Amen. Every drunk in the world, they didn't drink, they didn't drink a whole case, amen. They started with one little drink and they sowed that and look at what they're reaping. Every druggie started with one little push, one little needle, one little pill, and it grows. Sin is so dangerous, and we forget about the consequences of sin. And there is a payday someday. And be not deceived, God is not mocked. I'm just trying to give you a warning. Let's look at the third law of harvest. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is the third law of harvest. There's four laws of harvest we're going through. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. A lot of this is pretty... I don't have to preach it much. A lot of this is pretty self-explanatory. It works both ways, though. You put, in, you put in some evil, you're going to get a lot of evil return on you. But listen, if you put in some good, just a little good, you're going to get a lot of good back on you. You know, one smile, at some, when you can just smile and be happy, that'll rub off on people and it'll come right back on you. When you walk around with a frown on your face, you walk around with an attitude, man, you're going to get a lot of attitudes right back on you. You want, to write, you want to ask yourself, you ever ask yourself, why do I not have any friends? Look in the mirror. No, look in the mirror. Because the people that I know have a lot of friends, it's because they're very friendly. And they're, they're just friendly. 
And now all that comes back on them. And those people who don't have any friends because nobody wants to be your friend because you're not friendly. It's, pretty, it's real simple. It's real simple. The third law of harvest, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, He that which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You reap according to how much you sow. You reap according to how much you sow. You want to sow a little? You're going to get some back, you'll get a little back. You sow a, you sow a lot, you're going to get a whole lot back. You want a lot of crop, you know, Brother Ronnie, all these farmers can tell you, you want a lot of crop, you've got to sow a lot of it out there. But you, that way you'll get a lot. But if you sow a little bit, you're only going to get a little bit back. You, you reap according to how much you sow. Are we not saving a lot of souls in this church? If we're not saving a lot of souls in this church, and I think we're not saving enough souls out of this church, the reason why we're not saving a lot of souls out of this church is we're not sowing enough. We're not getting the Word of God out enough. We're just simply not. We know according to the Word of God is we throw that seed out. Some of it's going to fall on, on, on stony ground. Some of it the devil's going to come along and get. We know that, but not every one of them. What does that tell you? That tells you that if we're only getting a little bit of reaping through soul winning, that means we're not sowing a whole lot. And we need to be out there sowing a whole lot more. And that's why we put those tracks back there, and we're trying to encourage you to get the tracks and hand out as much tracks as you can get out there. Guys, I want to see people get saved. I'm here to see people's lives change through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to see people get saved. And we're not seeing people get saved. I know we don't have a lot of visitors come in here. And maybe the reason why we don't have a lot of visitors come to church is because we're not sowing a lot of church inviting. What I mean by that is maybe we're not inviting a lot of people to church. We do a whole lot better job of inviting people to church. Keep inviting. Keep on sowing. I know they're not coming. I know sometimes they give you excuses. Well, don't listen to them. Keep on inviting. Eventually, somebody's going to come in these doors. <laughs> Amen. Keep on sowing. We're going to reap according to how much you sow. All right, let's go back to our, our text in Galatians, and we'll finish up there. Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. The fourth law of harvest. There's four laws of harvest. The first law of harvest, we're back in Galatians chapter 6. The first law of harvest was you reap what you sow. Second law of harvest is you always reap more than you sow. And the third law of harvest, which we just done, was you reap according to how much you sow. The fourth law of harvest is simply this. You will reap. You will reap. I know that sounds redundant, but it isn't redundant. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You will reap. It's coming. There's consequences of everything we do, and it is coming. Look at verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall also of the flesh reap corruption. When you're sowing to your flesh, that means you're doing things to please yourself. You're doing things to please this flesh. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get fleshly things. You're going to get things out of your life that the flesh loves. And you know that's not spiritual. You know that's not godly, amen. Because we know your flesh is wicked. Amen. Amen. Wake up, listen. He that soweth to his flesh... Whose flesh? Your flesh. It's not God's flesh. You know how much God likes his flesh? He's going to let it go in the ground. He's going to let the worms eat it. He's going to let it rot. You're going to die. I just buried one yesterday. She's dead. She's in the grave out there. 
Worms are going to get her. She's going to rot. It's your flesh. So everything you're doing for this piece of flesh isn't doing anything for God. It's your flesh. Look, it's His flesh. Your flesh. Let's read it again. He that soweth to His flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. Everything you're doing for this flesh is going to rot and die. If you're building the nicest house in the world, imagine... For this flesh to live in, I'm here to tell you, that mansion is eventually going to fall apart and rot. They're going to get a bulldozer and run it over. Whatever you're sowing to your flesh, it's just going to go in the dirt. It doesn't do anything for God. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't do anything for you. You think you're doing something for yourself and you're not. You're just hurting yourself. It's for your flesh. Look, he that soweth to his flesh, his flesh, Show the flesh reap corruption. But, but listen, there's always a but. There's always another side to the coin. But he that soweth to the Spirit. That's God. See, God owns that. To the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Everything you can do for God, that's His Spirit. Everything you can do for God, through God, through the Holy Spirit, that's going to be reaping life everlasting. Those are things that's going to last forever. Those things you can say, I'm, I'm going to give out tracts. I'm going to do this. It's not pleasing to my flesh. My flesh don't want to do it, but I'm going to hand out a tract here. I'm going to invite somebody to church here. Those things you're doing is not for your flesh. It's not for your good, but it's for God's good. It's for His Spirit. And guys, the Bible's warning you and telling you that's the kind of stuff that you're going to get rewards for that's going to last forever. That's the kind of stuff that God puts up in your mansion that He's building for you up in heaven. Those rewards... Man, you're talking about how much time we waste sowing to our flesh. It's a shame. It really is a shame. Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, we will reap. Even the good stuff we're doing, we're going to reap it. We're going to get good out of it, guys. We're doing this stuff for the Lord, and we're sowing, we're sowing, we're sowing. And sometimes we look at them and say, well, nothing's happening, God. Nothing's, nothing's going on. Nothing's, nothing, no, there's nobody getting saved. There's nobody coming to church. Guys, but you know when you throw in, the, when you sow a seed, it don't come up overnight. You sow that seed out in the ground, it don't come up overnight. Remember when you were a little kid and you first planted something in the garden? Were you like me? Man, I mean, we went out there and we planted something in the garden and we put up and we had the little seeds. We had the little seed packets and we planted it in the garden. You know, it was about, I was about two hours away from that garden. You know, I came back in there and I was looking to see if something had come up. Two days later, two days later, that's like two years in a kid's eyes. I come back, nothing. A week later, I come back as a little kid, nothing. It don't happen overnight, does it? And we're acting like little kids. We're expecting it to all happen, you know. We've thrown it out there. Now let's see what happens. And you might be sowing something. And see, you're sowing it. And nothing's happening. So you're not reaping it right now. You're sowing that sin. You're sowing that sin. You're sowing, sowing that sin. And there's no consequences right now. And a week later, you're still, there's no consequences. Well, see, like I've been doing this. And nothing's happening. That's how deceitful and deceiving sin can be. And then one day, it springs up, and you start reaping it. And boy, when you reap it, it ain't just a little reaping, amen. You start really reaping it. That woman I was telling you about, when she was drinking that alcohol and she was doing those drugs, she was looking in the mirror, and her face didn't change in a week. 
She looked at her face. She still looked beautiful. She still looked young. But after five, ten years of doing that, she looks in the mirror now, and that woman looks in the mirror, and she looks like she's aged 20-something years. Where did it all go? It's just like the law of harvest. You put that seed in, it don't come up overnight. You will reap it. You don't think you're going to reap it, see. You're thinking it's, got, it's in there, and I, I don't, yeah, it's coming. Dr. Ruttman said the best thing about that. He said, you know, when you're young, you set those ships out to sail. You do all those wicked things. And then when you're, all, when you're old, you know what happens? They all come back in. <laughs> and then when you're old, they all come back into port, and then you have to start unloading them. And the first thing that comes to your mind when you're an old man, he says, you start thinking, I wish I wouldn't have done this. And I wish I wouldn't have done that. And you know, all that labor of unloading those ships that you set out to sell when you were a little kid, when you were a young man, they come out to you when you're old. See, that's called the law of harvest. You're sowing that stuff when you're young. And you think, it'll never happen. I don't, it's not going to happen to me. You know, it, uh, and then when you get older, here it comes. It all starts coming in. There's a payday someday. There's a payday someday, guys. But there's also a payday for the good. You see, that's what I'm trying to show you in verse 9. I'm not trying to be all negative about this, because in verse 9, Paul says, if, let us not be weary in well-doing. Because we get weary when people aren't thanking us, people aren't doing anything. For, we, we do stuff for people, and they're not thankful. We get weary of doing well. Nothing good's coming out of it. But in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. See, that reaping, Brother Ronnie will tell you, happens in a season. He plants it at a certain time and he knows in 60, 90 days, that's when the reaping is going to happen. It's in a due season. Guys, God's got a season. He's got planned out for these souls to get saved, these people to come to church. We just need to keep on sowing. Keep on sowing, guys. God's watching you. God's watching you. God's watching you. And I was thinking about that, Brother Gary. You know, I, Gary's up here and all these people we had. I don't know how many people were here, Brother Gary. You know those tons of people in this church they all leave they're all going on the ways we're going to go get something to eat ah ha 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 they all leave and there's brother gary he's the only one here <laughs> running that vacuum cleaner <laughs> and i was thinking to myself god's watching that Amen. nobody else cares nobody not one person thought who's going to clean up that carpet they don't care they get in the car and they drive off but God's watching. And God's watching every little thing you're doing. And when you're doing it for Him, you're going to get rewarded. And not just a little reward, see. You think, oh, well, God's going to give me a little bit of something. No, the reaping, the law of harvest says when you sow a little, you're going to get a lot. You just need to do a little bit for the Lord, and you'll get a lot back. Here's the problem, and this is why I want to close by showing you this. Turn to Luke chapter 11, and, and we'll close real quick. I want to show you this. This is a very important aspect of all of this. As a Christian, I want you all to get this. Luke chapter 11, verse 24. And this is, the, the, this is the last thing I want to point out about the harvest and about sowing. And I'm encouraging you all to sow some seed. Sow some seed, but sow some good seed. It's not enough, guys. Well, f- first let me tell you this. If you will stay busy sowing good seed, if you will stay busy sowing good seed, you won't have time to be throwing out the bad seed. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And what I mean by that is this. When you're busy sowing in the good seed, 
It takes away from the time that you can be over here doing all the bad seed. Amen. If you're in here this morning and you're having trouble with some sin, you need to replace the sin or the bad seed you're doing. You need to replace it with some good seed. Amen. What I'm saying is it's not enough to say, okay, I'm going to stop throwing out bad seed. Amen. We want to stop throwing out bad seed. We want to stop doing this wicked stuff. We want to stop doing this stuff that pleases the flesh. We want to stop that. That's, that's valiant. But it leads to your downfall. Because when you stop throwing out the seed, you're going to sit here for a little while and then you'll start sowing the seed again. You need to replace it with something. Idle hands of the devil's workshop. You need to replace it with throwing out good seed. If you're having trouble with some sin in your life, take whatever sin that is and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to replace it with, and then you replace it with something good. That's how sin is. You, it, you, can't, you can't leave a void in there. Look what Jesus says about this aspect. Look at verse 24. Luke chapter 11, verse 24. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he's cleaned himself up, it's gone. He walketh through dry places, the unclean spirit, walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. So this unclean spirit goes out of man, the man's cleaned up. Verse 25, and when he cometh, the unclean spirit, he findeth it swept and garnished. This man, he's cleaned his life up. He's cleaned his life up, but it's empty on the inside. There's nothing he's replaced it with. Verse 26, then goeth he, that unclean spirit, and taketh to him seven other Seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Y'all seen it over and over again. A man tries to quit drinking, or he does something like that, and he stops doing it for a while, and then he goes right back to doing it, and then he's worse off than he was before he tried to stop. It's not enough to quit what you're doing. You've got to replace what you're doing with something else. What Jesus Christ, the top of what Jesus Christ is talking about is not enough to clean yourself up with self-reformation. You've got to be born again. You've got to have the Holy Spirit come into that empty place in your heart. When you want to get rid of this wicked man, you want to get rid of this wickedness in your heart, you want to clean yourself up, you can't do it. You clean yourself up, you're clean, and then that Spirit comes right back on you, those bad things, you come right. You need to replace it with Jesus Christ. So if you're in here this morning and you're sowing some bad seed, you need to stop sowing bad seed, but it's not enough to stop. You say, I'm going to stop throwing out some bad seed. See, I'm doing it with my left hand. I'm going to throw out some good seed. You're sowing seed one way or another. Amen. Always. But I'm telling you, instead of throwing out the seed, the bad seed, why don't you say, I'm going to start throwing out some good seed. And the more, like I said earlier, the more good seed you're throwing out, is the less time you have to come over here and throw out some bad. And you're hoping you'll throw out enough good that when you start reaping it, you'll get a whole lot more good reaped out than you'll have bad reaping out. John the Baptist said a very amazing thing. He said it in John chapter 3. Y'all don't turn there, but I'll, I'll read it. I want to make sure I read it exactly like John the Baptist said it. Because it's very important. He said in verse 30, he said, talking about Jesus, he must increase but I must decrease. John the Baptist is talking about Jesus Christ. He said, He must increase, but I must decrease. Here's the secret to all of this. 
you start increasing Jesus Christ in your life. You start increasing the Holy Spirit being a big part of your life. In other words, increase working for the Spirit. Increase throwing out the good seed. And when you increase Jesus Christ in your life, you increase throwing out the good seed in your life, you automatically will decrease. Because you're spending so much time over here, you'll have less time over here. But the point is to this is, he must increase first. You don't say, okay, first off, I'm going to stop doing this, and I'm going to decrease, and then I'll let Jesus Christ start increasing. No, you, right where you're at this morning, you say, you know what, I'm going to start increasing Jesus Christ. Amen. Right now, don't worry about you, don't say, I'm going to stop doing it. Say, I'm going to start doing this, throwing out the seed. I'm going to start increasing Jesus Christ. And when you do that, my friend, you automatically, by default, the more he increases, by default, the, more, the less you're going to be there and the more you must decrease. And that's what we all want as Christians. We want Jesus Christ to be increasing in our life. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.